0: Hello and welcome to the Logistics Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Cliff, Content Coordinator for SHD Logistics. Thanks for joining us. This is Let's Talk Logistics. This week we're delighted to be joined by Ruben Scriven, Senior Account Analyst at Interact Analysis, which covers the warehouse automation market. He'll be chatting to Dave Berridge, AMSA Secretary about the impact of COVID-19 and the rise of e-commerce with regards to the material handling sector.
1: The pandemic has had a big impact on many industries, as I'm sure we're all aware, but how has this really impacted the materials handling equipment market and the various sectors within that region?
2: So I think the obvious answer here is e-commerce. Obviously, people are shopping from their homes online. And in order to do that, the logistical task of getting the individual items from a fulfillment center to the customer is becoming a big challenge for many retailers. E-commerce is really driving the demand for individual item distributions. When we look at grocery, this is really an area which, until COVID, a fairly small percentage of people really shopped online. There were the first movers. There were some people that have been doing it for the last 20 years in the UK. But in terms of the actual percentage of people purchasing online, it's really increased throughout COVID. And not only is the percentage of people purchasing online increasing, but also the expectation for how quickly they're expected to get the goods. And that's really the main driver right now for automation and for the disruption in the grocery and food logistics. If you look at these rapid delivery companies, for example, Gorilla, Wheezy, uh, GoPuff in the US, they're attracting a lot of venture capital right now. If you look at the venture capital funder for these companies in 2020, it was just over $1 billion in just the first two thirds of 2021. It's already $6 billion. So six times more than it was last year in venture capital towards these rapid delivery companies.
1: My parents are both in their 80s. Pre-pandemic would never have considered using e-com and home delivery. But during the pandemic, we're quite happily ordering from the local supermarket and taking deliveries. And I can see them still continuing to do uh, online shopping.
2: One of the really interesting things we're seeing is if you look at the traditional brick and mortar retailers, Tesco's, Walmart in the US, Kroger, their online customers are ordering more than when they go into the store. So their basket size is around double online basket size compared to in-store basket size. Walmart has three times as big. Whereas if you look at the rapid delivery companies, these companies are often delivering two or three items. So we're having a big dichotomy in terms of the way people shop online. So it's not like I mentioned, not just the fact that people are, are shopping online more, it's that buying habits are shifting and moving. And this really has two big impacts. Firstly, it means that the rapid delivery companies batch, their orders almost much more efficient. If you're having one or two items being delivered and if all of your customers and all of your delivery slots are going to be within the next 30 minutes, it's very easy to batch orders because these companies only hold about 2,000 SKUs. Whereas if you look at the large traditional grocers with basket size of 50, 60 items, and also you might have one person wanting their order in two or three days and the other person wanting their order in, in 60 minutes, it makes it really hard to batch those orders up. So you're looking at more discrete picking methods. And this again has a big impact to the type of automation being used. In many cases, these rapid dark stores are manual, but if they do use automation, you know the systems which are very well suited for batch picking will most likely be those implementing these facilities. Whereas, if you look at the traditional grocers, you need direct access to every tote location because you're building up each order one at a time. So, you know shuttle systems, mini loads systems, which again have direct access to every tote, is really what we're seeing the demand for right now in, in terms of these facilities.
1: Can we talk a little bit about micro fulfillment centers and how they've developed and yeah. the changes you've seen in the marketplace?
2: I think it's really important for us to define what automated micro fulfillment center is. What we define as as an automated goods to person picking system, less than 3000 square meters, which could be installed in the back of a store or within a dark store. So what we call a standalone MFC. And right now seeing a slight lag in demand or rather installation compared to what we were forecasting the last couple of years. It's towards the end of the hype cycle in terms of you get the sort of rapid hype in in micro-fulfillment and and the concept of micro-fulfillment. We're now getting to the point where a lot of retailers and a lot of people in the industry are kind of, I guess, maybe thinking less about micro-fulfillment, but now we're starting to see this demand pick up again. Right now, we're forecasting just over 2,000 automated micro-fulfillment centres will be installed globally by 2025, up from 45 in twenty twenty cumulatively. So a really big increase and around 2023 when we're starting to see these large rollouts. Right now, companies are trialing different technologies. The growth is less than some people would have expected last year or, or maybe in 2019. But right now, when talking to the grocers and the retailers, it's around 2022, 2023 that they're going to be starting to roll out this technology at scale. Hi,
3: I'm Joe Martin, IMHX and I'd like to share some insight into this year's event and invite you, the listeners of the Logistics Podcast, to get involved. The next IMHX event will be held at the NEC in Birmingham from the 6th to the 8th of September 2022 and we are over the moon to be welcoming our exhibitors and visitors back after a three-year hiatus. Over the last few years, the logistics industry has seen unprecedented growth and development and this will be reflected on the show floor. Exhibiting at IMHX is a surefire way to target a highly sought-after audience of buyers and decision-makers. IMHX is the only event of its kind in the UK and is attended by thousands of prospective customers seeking to source new solutions to improve warehousing operations, stay ahead of the latest supply chain trends and grow their professional network. If you're interested in exhibiting, get in touch with me at john.martin.informer.com and I'll be happy to discuss options with you. Space is filling quickly which just goes to show how excited the industry is to meet again. I'm looking forward to returning to the NEC in September and hope you will meet us
2: there.
1: In the UK there seems to be an ever-diminishing labour market as well. Have you seen any impact from the UK respondents?
2: There are several factors at play. Obviously, we have an aging population here, more people moving towards, I guess, digital employment. The elephant in the room breaks it. It's having a big impact on the available labor in the UK. So, you know, UK is one of the fastest growing markets in Europe for warehouse automation solutions, not least because labor is a big impact here, but also because one of the biggest adopters of automation within the grocery segment. And this, again, is really driving demand of the UK for automation. In terms
1: of future technologies, what have the respondents said in terms of how they see the market developing and how do you see the market developing as in your own research?
2: Certainly a greater adoption of robotics. Obviously, with rent prices increasing and people wanting to get closer to the consumer, you're having to build your distribution facilities in smaller and smaller locations and requiring denser and denser automation solutions and one of the key technologies which has the ability to reduce the floor print is really robotics whether it's mobile robots if you're looking at for example a parcel sortation center shifting away from a conveyance system more towards a robotic system such as topkins robotics or if you're looking more at a goods-to-person system so if you're for example shifting more towards a 3d asrs such as antibiotics or, or an ultra high density storage system such as autostore which has a mobile robots that traverse a grid, or the Kiva-like systems, so Geek+, Grey Orange, and these types of systems. So this is obviously one of the solutions for getting your facilities much more dense and being able to fit within smaller and smaller locations. But an, an, another trend that which we're seeing is it's becoming very difficult to predict demand so forecasting is becoming very difficult, especially post-pandemic. And also when it comes to e-commerce, e-commerce is notoriously very difficult to predict how growth is going to affect your business. So solutions which scale is also another driving factor for the uptake of robotics. to goods robotics is the sort of key technology here, so Locus Robotics, Fetch, these types of systems where you can firstly implement the systems at a very low capex, you can scale your use of robotics as demand changes. So Boots is a good example of the UK where during the peak season they introduced a large number of personal goods robotics. And then as the peak season ends, they'll scale back that use in conjunction with the robotics as a service business model. This gives the retailers the freedom to not necessarily have to invest two or three million dollars or pounds into a large automated facility, but they can scale their automation in conjunction with their growth and the demand.
1: If we're having this chat in a year's time, what do you see us talking about? Are those the sort of technologies you think we'd be discussing?
2: It's a good question i think one of the key things which there's a lot of uncertainty around is the semiconductor chip shortage so right now you know automotive has been a big demand or or automotive companies have invested a lot in automation and they will continue to do so but as the semiconductor chip shortage manifests itself in the economy automotive companies may be hesitant to invest in large-scale manufacturing facilities or, or indeed refurbish their existing facilities So right now, the expected demand for automation in the automotive sector is a bit of a question mark, or at least it's probably the most challenging to forecast because it's really contingent on how quickly automotive companies and Tier 1s and Tier 2s are willing to start investing again in, in increased capacity. So I think if we were to speak in one or two years' time, I think understanding how the chip shortage manifests itself will be a really key determinant in understanding the future demand for automation.
1: I mean, certainly the chip shortage is touching a number of my clients and timescales for projects are extending. It's a real sort of left field risk that people didn't expect. There are other shortages around steel and plastics and so on that are also starting to impact on projects.
2: You know, the, the steel price going up significantly during the pandemic has obviously made it more challenging to achieve an ROI. And again, this is driving some companies to adopt infrastructure-free, so mobile robotics, as opposed to you know large conveyor systems and ASRS systems, which typically would have a lot of steel involved. So that's another driver for robotics here.
0: Thank you to Ruben for sharing his thoughts with us today and today for conducting the interview. For more information about integrating robotics into your warehouse, visit interactanalysis.com forward slash research forward slash robotics and warehouse automation. For the latest updates from the material handling and intralogistics logistics industry, be sure to sign up for the SHD Logistics newsletter at shdlogistics.com. Thank you for listening to the Logistics Podcast. See you again soon.